Hi there, welcome to Typical Books. I'm Lydia Peaver, and this is the podcast mirror of my YouTube show, Typical Books, where we talk about horror fiction. So, on with the show. Hi there, today on Typical Books, I'm going to talk about Whisper Down the Lane by Clay McLeod Chapman. This is a new paperback. It's out from Cork Books, and it is really a beautiful edition. I don't know what it is about Cork Books, but they just make some really fantastic stuff honestly. I I like the way that they approach books. No two books look alike from them. And as much as I like a paperback line where all the books look the same, if you were to collect everything from Dorchester or Nightfire or Flame Tree Press, things look sort of similar. But Quirk Books is like every book is its own unique beast. And I like that approach in a publisher. And I like the approach of the author, Clay McLeod Chapman, on the satanic panic. Now, I am no expert on this. I only heard of the McMartin school preschool trial or whatever you call it. Like not too long ago, I never paid that close attention to this satanic panic thing. And I was more interested in the phenomena as the last maybe 10 years have gone by where there's a lot more conspiracy theory books about it. And there's uh, Wikipedia entries and people have fleshed out the internet, so to speak, when it comes to that sort of stuff. So my interest has grown, but I haven't taken the plunge into watching copious documentaries or reading a lot of books about it. Anything that has come my way about the satanic panic is all by osmosis. That is to say the osmosis machine has been running for decades. I remember being very young in school, probably like grade four, three or four, and someone had spray painted what was probably like a dead Kennedy's logo on the school, uh, but it came across as satanic. Turns out I knew who did that. Then, not long after, there was an abandoned Four Seasons recreational facility in town where they found similar spray-painted sigils and esoterica and satanic rituals were obviously going on there because there were candles and upside-down crosses, more dead Kennedy's paraphernalia and all that sort of stuff. There was youth breaking in, drinking, lighting candles, spray painting the place. And inevitably some of those things were satanic in nature or lifted from the school library as far as things that kids would think are satanic. So there was a a news report on this very thing with full pictures of the inside of this abandoned facility where I had gone when I was a kid. One of my aunts played bowling there, so I'd seen the inside of it before. So to see that decrepit look, it was it was kind of jarring. Although my parents, my mom in particular, was very interested in comparative religion. She was very versed on the big five. She was fairly versed in occult esoterica, Gnosticism, and Satanism as a byproduct of all of that. So she knew right away, just looking at it, she didn't recognize the dead Kennedy's symbols, but she did recognize that this was stuff kids called from books and it wasn't satanic worship. So it wasn't like a thing in our house where she held up the paper and said, see, this is what the kids have come to today. She looked at the paper and said, oh man, it's just vandalism. So that was the opinion of a lot of people in town. And no doubt there were people that were whipped into a frenzy not long after when a crate of dog heads were found in the local park, Satanists were blamed. My hometown has come a long way. We do have a Church of Satan 
building in the city so I'm pretty happy about that I hope it's still standing but yeah so that didn't really send us into the grip of the frenzy of the satanic panic turned out the dog's heads were from our local lab they had been misplaced and set down when a truck drove away near the park so it wasn't some cult dragging a crate of dog heads to the park it was a misplaced crate of dog parts that were being tested for rabies. Go figure. So those sorts of things were, were festering in my little mind as I picked up books on occultism, some old John Dee, some Anton LaVey, Alistair Crowley, Madame Blavatsky, that sort of stuff, you know, typical reading for a teenage girl. And it, it all sort of settled to the bottom, this whole satanic panic thing. And then years later, I found myself side-eyeing places like the Montessori school and I didn't fully understand why knowing more about the McMartin preschool trial and we had something in Martinsville, Manitoba, I believe here in Canada, very similar sort of thing played out. Uh, that's probably why I had this like inherent distrust of small private schools. So it's just insane to me that not knowing anything about this McMartin preschool trial, that those little nuggets and tidbits and coffee talk at shops and who knows what little news clippings I might have stumbled upon during my time as a teenager, it all sort of coalesced into this side-eyeing of small private schools, which is odd because there's nothing wrong with the Montessori school. It's not the uh, evil Montessori school for wayward rotten children. It's a, a very prestigious and very well-recommended little school, from what I understand. That is the satanic panic on the outside, at the very fringes of it all. It all seeped in. It obviously seeped into Clay McLeod Chapman, because he has written something that is the next step. You know, it's not Michelle Remembers. It's not something that is going to... It's not designed to whip up a frenzy. It's not designed to sound true as a fictional story, but it rings true. It really, really brings home the lives that could be ruined by this on all sides of this. And it is harrowing to read the implantation of thoughts, memories, or ideology within children. He does a really good job of that. So from the get-go, you meet Richard and you meet Sean. One is in the present here, Richard, and in the past, Sean. We're following Sean as he is wrapped up in the frenzy that is the satanic panic at the school he attends with teachers he used to know and love and trust who are now being accused of heinous crimes. Sean is at the middle of this because he's the one who is probably most easily brought to the psychiatrist chair and most determined to please the adults around him and that has a lot to do with his upbringing and a single mother who is maybe has maybe kidnapped him not really sure uh, in the first few pages we get a real sense of the way richard's life and sean's life have crossed richard is dealing with some sort of ritualistic murder of a pet in the school and it's you know people are trying to not say that this is ritualistic and people are trying to not say that it has anything to do with anyone at the school but i think it's those leftover burblings of something that would have happened in the past and in this book it happened nearby where there was a frenzy kicked up over a satanic panic now i'm not going to give anything away in this book because it's not that it um, has too many McTwists, 
but there are a few. You meet a lot of really cool characters though, so I will talk about them. Aside from Richard, a school teacher who's in a marriage, a new marriage, who has a young boy that is the son, Elijah, of his new wife, Tamara, and he's trying to connect with this kid that is, you know, pretty much halfway there. You know, they're getting along really good. So he's got that as far as his stakes and he doesn't want to jeopardize his relationship with them. He's a school teacher, so he's got all those little tiny Elijahs in his class that he doesn't want to ruin his relationship with them or his parents. He's a pretty good teacher, but he's got this sort of imposter syndrome. Sean, on the other hand, who exists in the past as far as this book is involved, uh, we get to sit with him. And I like this when a book takes you out of just this plain prose. We get to see some of the transcripts of Sean's interviews with his psychiatrist, Dr. Kinderman. Uh, interesting naming for a psychiatrist that deals with kids that is absolutely the um, bane and the villain in the story as far as I'm concerned. Horrible things that this person did in the interest of science and also being wrapped up in misinformation. Kinderman I think is one of the most interesting characters, second only to Sean's mother. Um, seeing how she's vacillating between someone who may be emotionally and mentally disturbed to somebody who is just very protective and has all of her mama bear instincts on high alert at all times. So it, it's hard for you to decide whether she is acting irrationally or protectively. And those two worlds sort of collide and Clay McLeod Chapman does a very good job of writing this person you can't really put your finger on and it's it's very very impressive. I think the last time I read about a mother who I couldn't quite put my finger on and had sort of traits like this was we need to talk about Kevin and it's just as heartbreaking in a shorter form and less uh, depressing story. The descriptions of the child's games in this book that are taken out of context or not depending on your point of view. I, I think I expected something a little more occult driven and a little less mm, playtime at a regular school and it's good that it happened like that because I think that helps us become confused along with the parents here unless you're already going into this book on one side or the other. I mean, it's good to take the middle path, I think, in this because it's more fun to have your beliefs and expectations kind of tugged one way or the other and add a lot of fun with that. I think the cover itself, of course, led me to believe there would be some like Ouija board action in here or more like candle play or maybe even more torture. Although they're just sitting in a circle, they are sitting in a circle around a pentagram of some sort, an off-kilter pentagram, and it made me want so much more occultism. It's good there wasn't, but what exists is maybe a little more scary. It is a gorgeous book. I love this cover and I love the chalk drawing kind of title that exists all over. And the back of the book doesn't tell you much about it. The inner flap, if you really want a synopsis and you're looking at this in the store, uh, that's definitely the place to go. I had listened to a really good podcast with Clay McLeod Chapman and I highly recommend that Talking Scared podcast if you want to get to know the author a little bit more. I found it really enlightening. It was interesting to have his take on this story and a bit of his writing process. Circle time. Gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. As pretty as the dust jacket is, 
this book becomes even more beautiful and something I think I would like to store on my shelf without it. I might do my trick of turning the dust jacket in on itself and stacking this book with the spine out and dust jacket in so that I can display the gorgeousness that is this rich red cover just with this sigil on the front and whisper down the lane. Very simplistic, very gorgeous books and again high fives to Quirk Books for putting out such a gorgeous looking book. So there you have it, Whisper Down the Lane. Uh, it goes somewhere near the end that I didn't necessarily expect, and I think it's kind of beautiful the way that this book tugs with your expectations and your beliefs um, concerning the characters and the world as we know it in reality, here and there throughout the whole thing, just gentle tugs. And by the time you get to the end, it can throw whatever it wants at you and you will swallow it happily. It's a very interesting tactic, I think, and I think it works really, really well setting up some just really fantastical things at the end. The revelations are earth and mind shattering for some characters and it comes across very, very well. So coming up next, I'm going to be talking about other conspiracy theories. McMartin preschool trial is just one alongside the whole satanic panic, but I'm going to talk about Dr. Lee Miller's book, Conspiracies Uncovered, that covers a lot of really cool things from the beginning of time, it seems, and some older religions up until today, and some of the uh, contrails, hollow earth, lizard people, and you know, all those things that people just love to talk about. After that, of course, is 12 Nights at Rotter House, which I finished this morning. Super fun reads. So if you have read Whisper Down the Lane or had any experiences yourself with the so-called satanic panic when you were young, if you were growing up in that time frame or shortly thereafter, or if there's anything about it that had made you second guess something in your world, definitely let me know in the comments below. Thank you very much for watching and have an ooky spooky day but not too spooky. Careful. If you are looking for something new to read, some insight or reviews of horror you have read, or even talk from a writer's perspective, I hope you enjoy this little show. Feel free to check out the YouTube version by searching Typical Books, or visit me at lydiapeaver.ca. Thank you, and have a dark, devious day. Are you enjoying the music of Typical Books? You can pick up the new Anorax EP, Human or Nearly So, at Bandcamp for free by visiting anorax.com. Enjoy! Enjoy!